two, three, four. If I were the devil, first thing that I'd do is I'd come off like I ever gave a damn about you. Let you catch a peek of all your greatest desires Then I'd watch the flames in your eyes burn like hellfire Find all the wolves them fight each other tooth and nail and hand to hand find all the sheep make them stir up the pot cause once the wolves have killed each other sheep are what I want the devil walks among us friends I know this is true and I don't know if he's red and I don't know if he's blue one thing that Take a look around If I were the devil This world wouldn't be My playground Welcome back Top of the second hour of today's Road Warrior Radio broadcast This Wednesday, November 15th, 2023 We'll circle back in a minute here. Uh, first, we'll do the announcements again, but I'll circle back to the Jimmy Dore thing that I mentioned. Uh, Jimmy Dore and Kurt Metzger discussing the Washington Times article on September 10, 2001, which warned basically that uh, Israeli Mossad could conduct a false flag attack and make it plausibly or believably, you know, make people think that uh, it was Muslim terrorists. Mossad, the, the title of the video is um, Jimmy Dore video, Mossad could stage false flag attack on U.S., said U.S. Army one day before 9-11. But before, before I get to that one, I'm going to couple of things first we got to play james corbett's 9-11 a conspiracy theory you always have to do that first um i'll do the announcements but before i get to this other stuff i'm going to give you one other fun fact from september 10 2001 that you probably don't remember maybe have never even heard of um i've mentioned it scant few times i think on this broadcast but it's one of those just curious sort of harbingers. You kind of look back and go, yeah, that's interesting. And then from there, you know, there's a spider web of dots that sort of connect. Anyway, we'll get to that in a second. It concerns a fellow named Renee Schneider. Okay, one of these guys that most people have never heard of. Anyway, back to the announcements from the first hour. We have schedule changes coming in December. So uh, for more on that, check out the post. I mentioned them in the first hour today, and I did last week, I believe. But um, 
schedule changes coming in December. Check out the RBN post. And uh, it's republicbroadcasting.org slash news slash schedule changes in December, all hyphenated, lowercase hyphenated. And um, it's the... It's the uh, it's time it's that time again that time of year that we do the book drive. So it's time for the second annual John Stadmiller book drive in remembrance of the big guy. And uh, last week's book, by way of deception, uh, was won by Joyce in North Carolina. So again, congratulations to Joyce. And. Um, I hope you get a lot of good mileage out of that book. I hope these things are uh, seeds that bear fruit. And um, this week's book is Milan Martin's Lucifer's Children, The Kingdomless Kings of the New World Order. And so I'll just read the back cover again. The New World Order and the New Age Movement. Who are they? What are they? And... What are their plans for your life? In the Bible, we're told the incredible story of how Satan once appeared to Jesus in Matthew 4. And I read that in the first hour as well. And made him an offer many would have found hard to refuse. If only Jesus would worship Satan, he would be given authority over the kingdoms of this world and the wealth and power they could provide. And it's interesting, Jesus doesn't say they're not yours to give. Maybe that wasn't a thing, but I just think that's provocative. Although Jesus promptly refused him, this book documents the names and actions of a small group of men who accepted Satan's offer and thus have become the richest most, and most powerful men in the world. So rich and powerful, in fact, that they have seen to it that few people know of them or their secret power base, the central banks of the world. And, uh, you know, it's a funny thing. The, the Ponzi scheme of so-called fractional, so-called reserve banking, it cuts both ways. On the one hand, sure, if you know how the first money game works, you're scheming people and lots of people are commenting. I saw stuff on social media just this morning about how people are, you know, people that have had um, pretty good, let's say, blue collar jobs in the past. Everybody's kind of saying, man, nobody's making enough money these days. But that's not quite accurate, is it? We know on this network, for example, that this, one of the slight of hand techniques is to tell people that, Gold and silver are fluctuating in value, when in reality, gold and silver never change. They don't change. The funny money system changes. So that's backwards. That's an inversion of reality to say that gold and silver fluctuate in value. They do not. They never change. That's one of the reasons that they are considered money throughout history, including in the Bible. The paper that we have in circulation, the currency, historically has not been considered money. Even if you go back to, I think, um, you know, in mentioning the schedule changes, 
I mentioned Jeffrey Bennett's The Edge of Darkness Change. I think it's the – isn't it his commercial where he's talking about um, Greenspeak, Greenspan's uh, 1966 um, piece in Ayn Rand's um, – it? You know what I'm talking about. Too much information. Ayn Rand's Capitalism, the Unknown Ideal. Gold and economic freedom. So in that piece in 1966, Greenspeak himself used the term checks. At the end of the, of the piece, he wrote, in the absence of the gold standard, there is no way to protect savings from confiscation through inflation. That's funny because the gold standard was removed in America, and now, as Kiyosaki points out, like Rich Dad says, save, savers are punished. Why? Because basically your, your savings are eaten up by the invisible tax of inflation. There's no way to protect – in the absence of the gold standard, there is no way to protect savings from confiscation through inflation. There is no safe store of value. If there were, the government would have to make its holding illegal, as was done in the case of gold. And so no safe store of value. Well, what do bad guys do then? Well, they create all of these little schemes, and uh, they kind of wink and nod to each other and – uh, use the press, for example, to make this one seem good and that one bad and et cetera, et cetera. Anyway, Greenspan went on and he wrote, if everyone decided, for example, to convert all his bank deposits to silver or copper or any other good, some kind of tangible asset, and therefore declined to accept checks as payment for goods. Wait a minute, checks? What do you mean? Like the thing when I pull out my checkbook and I write it? Most kids these days, do they even know what a check is? That is one form of a check. But in this case, he's actually talking about these uh, Federal Reserve notes. Thereafter, declined to accept checks as payment for goods. Bank deposits would lose their purchasing power. Aha. He didn't say value. Bank deposits would lose their purchasing power. And government-created bank credit would be worthless as a claim on goods. Can you imagine if everyone decided, for example, to, if you could circulate this among 300 million people, you want to know what will have you feeling like you're making more money? I mean this has been discussed many times. One of my favorites where it's all in there, including the, uh, the voice of the unimp uh, unimpeachable witness, is Andrew Jackson's farewell address. They watched – the debauchery of the country as a result of the paper currency. And he talked all about it in his 1837 farewell address. It's all in there. That should be – we should have that memorized, all of us, honestly. But, you know, that would be if we were actually Americans, if we could quote the Constitution – Bill of Rights, Declaration of Independence, probably, you know, a little bit of the Federalist Papers, stuff like that. Obviously, before all of that would be the Bible, because that's a solid foundation. But, you know, it's wishful thinking.
And then from there, probably things like uh, Andrew Jackson's Farewell Address, 1837. The guy who vetoed the renewal of the Charter of the Second Central Bank of the United States, why did he veto it? And why was he almost assassinated, survived at least one assassination attempt? Interesting stuff. If everyone decided, for example, to convert all of his bank deposits to silver or copper or any other good and thereafter declined to accept checks, as in Federal Reserve notes, as payment for goods, bank deposits would lose their purchasing power. And government-created bank credit would be worthless as a claim on goods. Can you imagine? Greenspan is notorious for saying the quiet part out loud, and there's a perfect example. You know, we should play that clip of him saying uh, that default is never an issue because the United States can always print as much money as it wants. What? <laughs> then it's wor- it has it's meaningless. It's funny money. It's 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 imaginary. It's monopoly money. What is the basis of this stuff? Then you're just playing games. So. Continuing just to finish, he wrote, the the financial policy of the welfare state, the Clord-Piven strategy in essence, requires that there be no way for the owners of wealth to protect themselves. That's what's going on these days. It's happening in so many ways. I keep thinking of that clip from Aaron and Melissa Dykes, um, lost in the uh, Overlook uh, excuse me, overlooked is what they called it, Lost in the Shining Hotel. I think it's episode two, the management. I've played the clip a few times. I keep forgetting which one it's in, but the buffalo, the killing off of the buffalo, the damming up of the waters to kill the salmon. They have that clip in there about the buffalo, killing the buffalo to kill, to to you know exterminate the native population because that's their staple in so many ways, not just dietary. You know, uh, in many other ways, including religious. And so they get rid of the buffalo, they get rid of the native people. Salmon, same thing. You know how you notice how we're not so concerned about dams these days, but we were 100 years ago when we were coincidentally trying to get rid of a bunch of, you know, get those people off the land. And we shuffle some around until we find that maybe we stuck them, even though we stuck them in a terrible place. You know what? Maybe there's gold in them there, Black Hills, so we need to move them again so that we can, you know, those kinds of things happen and we forget that stuff. Um, But now we're getting the same treatment. Um. I see comments on social media from people that I know about the numbers of big game, for example, in the hills in the Pacific Northwest in you know, the low, low forest area, Idaho, Montana area, and how the population of elk, for example, has been in sharp decline since um, – The 1995 introduction of the Northern Canadian Timberwolf. 
And um, Judy Boyle did a great article on that back in 2018. I've talked about it a few times. And she opened and say, said uh, in January 1995, Department of Interior Secretary Bruce Babbitt personally oversaw the release of Canadian wolves into Idaho, Wyoming, and Montana. And it was 35 initially, and they've since grown to thousands. And people say, ah, well, it's not a big deal. But there have been confirmed, you know, thousands of confirmed live, livestock depredations since then. And talked about how people are seeing bears and things. There are, you know, these apex predators competing for food, essentially. And so what's happening now? Wolves and bears and people are competing for the same food. And we've been conditioned as people over these the same time period, you know, during the post-Maurice Strongian rewilding period. Remember when Maurice Strong said back in 1992 at the Rio Earth Summit that we need to rewild the North American continent and return it to the days of pre-Lewis and Clark? Now we're getting this. You know, I'm seeing in the hills the gating off of things so people aren't supposed to go into those areas or the removal of roads, you know, old logging roads and things like that are just removed in a lot of cases. Or there's, you know, they're gated for a certain period that just seems to conveniently coincide with the hunting season. And um, so you're not going to um, you're not going to be scouting and hunting in those areas. And so, you know, things that people used to do to feed themselves, they're having to shift again toward the same kind of thing, you know, that Greenspan is talking about here. The financial po policy of the welfare state requires that there be no way for the owners of wealth to protect themselves. That's the welfare state policy. You have to rely on your nanny, your mommy. And it's happening, but it's happening at glacial speed. And so... Most of us don't notice. Anyway, to conclude Greenspan's piece, Golden Economic Freedom, he wrote, and I remember there was that thing that he did, that, that Council on Foreign Relations deal. I wish I could remember it and play that clip from time to time where he was asked by that young lady, you know, something about gold and he said you know gold historically there's something different about it can't tell you exactly what it is but throughout history it's always recognized by everyone everywhere as money it always works as money everywhere and that's funny we're as the laity the common folk in america we're not supposed to hoard it from the days of fdr forward it's considered criminal but uh Bad guys, powerful types, always seem to want to hoard it. That's interesting. Isn't that interesting? So Greenspan concluded, this is the shabby secret of the welfare statists tirades against gold. Deficit spending is simply a scheme for the confiscation of wealth. What is deficit spending? That's our economic system. In a nutshell, deficit spending is simply a scheme for the confiscation of wealth. Funny the guy who wrote this presided over... The greatest amount of that in history at the time, of course, that's been eclipsed since then. To finish, he wrote, gold stands in the way of this insidious process. It is the protector of property rights. If one grasps this, one has no, no difficulty in understanding the status antagonism toward the gold standard. We'll be right back.
Tahibo Tea Club's original Pure Pouty Arco Super Tea comes from the only tree in the world that fungus does not grow on. As a result, it naturally has antifungal, anti-infection, antiviral, antibacterial, anti-inflammation, and anti-parasite properties. So the tea is great for healthy people because it helps build the immune system, and it can truly be miraculous for someone fighting a potentially life-threatening disease due to an infection, diabetes, or cancer. The tea is also organic and naturally caffeine-free. A one-pound package of tea is $49.95, which includes shipping. To order, please visit drinksupertea.com. The first word is drink, spelled D-R-I-N-K, then the word super, then the word tea. The complete website is drinksupertea.com. Or call us at 818-965-9113, Monday through Saturday, 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. California time. That's 818-965-9113. DrinkSuperTea.com. Do you truly want to stay out of the system? Are you prepared to buy into the biggest scam since the Iraqi dinar? If not, then put your money where it belongs, in your possession, not in the hands of an international MLM cartel. At Kettle Moraine Limited, we will provide you with the finest Swiss-minted detachable gram sheets of pure 24-karat gold for hundreds of dollars less than the so-called privately-issued credit cards with elusive gold backing. Gold backing... The only gold that I want is in my back pocket, not backed by promises of an operation even the U.S. Chamber of Commerce is suspect of, giving a rating of C-. To get the full story, visit SierraMadrePreciousMetals.com and go to the Valcombi Bullion Vault. Once you have read the whole story about the scam being perpetrated on an unsuspecting public and how you can avoid being a victim by purchasing these beautiful, barterable, tradable sheets of gold at tremendous savings and in the strictest of privacy, be prepared to take the steps to protect your wealth with the purchase of the real deal. Detachable 50-gram gold bars from Kettle Moraine Limited by calling 602-799-8214. Ask about our one-ounce Valcombi detachable bars, which break into one-tenth ounce bars. And don't forget, for all of your precious metal needs, whether buying or having the need to sell, call Kettle Moraine Limited. Remember, no dinar, no celery, and no carrots. If you buy from someone else... Tell them you want AU, not BS. Call Kettle Moraine LTD today at 602-799-8214. Kettle Moraine LTD, 602-799-8214.
back. All right. I uh, grabbed the clip in question. Or we can play some of that and break it over the break and come back with it so we can get on to the other stuff. But it's actually uh, overlooked Lost in the Shining Hotel episode one, The Environment. And their work, Aaron and Melissa Dykes, uh, on that bit of history is also essential and phenomenal. Uh, we've talked about Hawaii and what's happening there in real time recently. And um, history is repeating. You know, Jim Gaffigan did that special after uh, the post-COVID uh, special and talked about going to Hawaii. You know, and he said, you know, you could talk to the native people and they even say, you know, you stole this land. And he says in the special, you know, we stole all the land. And so... Castigat redendo mores, as they say, uh, humor corrects morals, or at least it's supposed to, and even that's been flipped upside down. Um, so an, an excerpt from Overlook Lost in the Shining Hotel that we will break over the break and then play the rest of it when we come back. But pay attention. This is important history. Can we play that, please? There were quite a few. Kubrick's entire film, The Shining, is on just such a burial ground. As in, all of the main locations he has cobbled together for the setting of the Overlook are places where indigenous people were forcibly removed and supplanted. Has Tony ever told you anything about this place? About the Overlook Hotel? History is never a one-sided story. Most Americans, especially those born in the 20th century, weren't taught much indigenous history in school at all. And most of what has been taught is set only in the context of pioneers or settlers, which, if it doesn't cast natives as villains, cast them as obstacles to settlement. So many Americans literally don't see the Indian. Out of mind, out of sight. The opening drive of the film begins in Glacier National Park home to the Blackfeet for some 10,000 years before Europeans ever showed up. Glacier was their most sacred space, which they called the backbone of the world. In January 1870, a camp of Blackfeet belonging to Chief Heavy Runner, suffering smallpox, were sleeping soundly one night. The men had gone out to hunt, and the majority of the camp were women, children, and elderly men. Chief Heavy Runner's tribe had been deemed friendly to the U.S. government and were promised protection, even issued a safe conduct document from the U.S. Indian Bureau. Major Eugene M. Baker of the U.S. 2nd Cavalry, on the orders of General Sheridan, set out to suppress a specific band of Blackfeet under Mountain Chief, but came upon this friendly band sleeping instead. Warned by his own scout Joe Kipp that this was the wrong band of people, Major Baker is quoted as having said, That makes no difference. One band or another of them, they are all Blackfeet, and we will attack them. He then ordered one of his sergeants to hold the scout at gunpoint and shoot him if he attempted to warn the sleeping tribe. Kip shouted anyway, rousing Chief Heavy Runner, who ran towards the soldiers waving his paper from the Indian Bureau promising safety. The chief was immediately shot and killed. Once the first... 
we'll finish that clip when we come back and that's unbelievably heartbreaking just right there but it gets worse stick around we'll be right back tuned in to the Republic Broadcasting Network. Visit our website by going to republicbroadcasting.org. Hello, hello, hello from beautiful Colorado. My name is Samuel Jung and I am currently the lead Shilajee hunter and master herbalist for Colorado Shilajee Company. In this video series, I will be discussing what we believe is the greatest of all adaptogenic superfoods and the single greatest natural healing remedy gifted to us by Mother Earth. I think you too will become as excited by this incredible substance called Shilajee as we were and are after our discovery of this amazing gift right here in beautiful, colorful Colorado. You may already know Shilaji by other names. Shilajit, Momio, Momi, Mami, Mineral Pitch, Asphaltum, and others. Shilaji literally translates to destroyer of weakness and conqueror of mountains. Shilaji has been in use for thousands of years and is considered as the highest value cure-all of any earthly substance. Look for the gold mountain and medical symbol logo in banners on republicbroadcasting.org to watch the full video and see more information. Use code GORBN when ordering. That's G-O-R-B-N. Hi, Tom Bolton for Ease Off. I know so many of you are finding our EZ4 Carcass Drop and Lift an essential tool for your meat processing operation. But today I want to spotlight four of our new products. First, our right height hog cradles with steel or aluminum frames. Our customers love this back-saving innovation that enhances sanitation and speeds production. Next, our beef cradles with stainless steel or aluminum frames eliminate rust and corrosion. We hope you'll compare our quality and prices for this essential part of your processing line. Our cradles are especially effective when used with our power skinner. And finally, our hook tumbler will keep your hooks clean and polished. EaseOff.com. We make pigs fly. Cows, too. EaseOff, LLC. 417-932-6419. Corporate media dominates the American opinion. Finding independent voices that counter this avalanche is becoming increasingly difficult. With the endless corruption running rampant throughout our government, independent voices are needed more than ever to battle the offensive against our freedoms and liberties. As a listener of RBN, no one understands this concept better than you. Now it's up to you to do your part. The time has come for you to take action and begin broadcasting the truth to hundreds or thousands of people every month. Sound impossible? Quite the contrary. With pointed slogans from LibertyStickers.com, you can reach countless sleeping Americans unaware that they live in a real-life wonderland. LibertyStickers.com has a huge inventory of political bumper stickers and messages that reflect the truth about our government, our politicians, and the future of America. With so many in stock, there's one perfect for you. Visit us today at LibertyStickers.com. Again, that's LibertyStickers.com. Do your part. Your voice is important. Let it be heard.
let's finish the excerpt from Overlooked Lost in the Shining Hotel, Episode 1, The Environment, about the buffalo and such, because, you know, history matters. Promising safety. The chief was immediately shot and killed. Once the first shot was fired, soldiers began firing into the lodges of sleeping people, then charged the camp. They sliced open lodge coverings with butcher knives and shot the unarmed sleeping inhabitants inside. Others were murdered with axes, and still others who were wounded but had not died from the initial attack were burned to death when they set the entire camp on fire. Figures are disputed, but some 217 lives were barbarically ended that night, including 15 men, 90 women, and 50 children. Despite public outrage once word got out, an official investigation was suppressed. Major Baker, by the way, was accused of being drunk on the morning of the massacre. In a separate incident a couple of years later, the Major was actually arrested by his superior officer for drunkenness and downgraded in his military role. By 1869, the Union Pacific Railroad had divided the buffalo into northern and southern herds. Do you know what happened to the American buffalo? It's considered one of the most infamous conservation horror stories in American history, period. On the South Platte, hunters built fires to keep the buffalo from water at night and killed them as they came to slake their thirst by day. 1875 saw the end. In 1875, the great southern herd was gone. By 1882, the Northern Pacific Railroad was built, and 5,000 hunters and skinners were emptying the northern range. Some 40 million buffalo were purposefully slaughtered by the U.S. Army and other hired hunters because... Colonel Dodge had said, Every buffalo dead is an Indian gone. And buffalo extermination was the unwritten policy in the winning of the West. Many indigenous people starved after their main food source was eradicated, including the Blackfeet, who suffered starvation winters. The worst claimed some 700 lives in the winter of 1883-84. By contrast, 42 people perished in the Donner Party, and that story is still taught in history class in middle schools around the country to this day. By 1895, starving and desperate to save their children the Blackfeet offered to sell lands they didn't even personally believe any man could own to the U.S. government, lands that would eventually become Glacier National Park. There you go. There's more, but obviously you can watch that at your leisure. Um, again, a phenomenal bit of history. Overlooked, Lost in the Shining Hotel, Episode 1, The Environment. And it's interesting that most of the, you know whatever explainer reveal you know easter egg videos on the shining uh are limited hangouts they uh, they completely miss all of this the most important aspect of the movie and uh so that's interesting uh 
you know, and so why is this important? Well, you know, I said I was going to get back to the 9-11 stuff. I think, you know, at this point, it's probably going to be tomorrow. I still want to do that. But <laughs> we have to understand, you know, I've said for a long time, there are there are people, there's one person in particular that is infamous, just notorious for uh sensationalizing things and getting you know whipping up a frenzy to about a, an ele- what I would call an 11 on the Richter scale so that people are desensitized to things to the point that uh when something happens at a 2 or 3 or a 4 on the on the Richter scale so to speak metaphorically uh they don't notice Meanwhile, they've been shouting from the rooftops about this 11 type stuff, 10, 11, whatever. Ah, it's, you know, the sky is falling, the sky is falling. And so in, in, in the process of that, messenger and message are, or message and messenger are discredited. And meanwhile, twos, threes, fours add up over the course of time to... A 99, not just an 11. Shockwaves. But people don't notice because they've been shocked by it. They've been desensitized, can't be shocked by it again. And they don't notice as they're being acclimated to it over time. People keep talking about, you know, when the grid goes down, the grid is going down. Perhaps you've noticed Alan Watt was telling us that for 25 years. It's been going down, but it's happening at glacial speed. It's not going to happen overnight. There will be no EMP that takes out the propaganda outlets from coast to coast. That ain't going to happen. Not now. You know, so if we're paying attention, it is going down. It's just happening at glacial speed so that we don't notice. Anyway. Enough about that. To the phones, Thomas in New Mexico. Thanks for calling. Welcome. Yeah, Tom, Thomas here. Just the want to make a quick call. Um, I posted on my hello. Good morning. Good morning. Um, I posted what happened yesterday. A terrorist attack happened in a city at Colorado. I don't think anybody knows about it. Hello? I think I saw something on that. I didn't um, dive into it, but is it a strategy of tension kind of a thing? No, there is a real terrorist attack that took place in Colorado. Okay. Yesterday. Pueblo, Colorado. That's uh, 150 miles north of me. Mm-hmm. So what yeah, is I the? Posted it, I posted what, it on my BitChute channel. Okay. Can you give us the title of that channel, or the title of the video? BitChute.com forward slash Blue Raven, or if you don't want to go to my channel, do a search. Um, there is a man that called the. According to the report. A man called the Pueblo Police Department, told the police to follow him to the Pueblo Mall. Shocking when I heard about this, because I used to live in Pueblo seven years, and 
I used to go there to the Pueblo Mall or sometimes drink coffee at Barnes & Noble up in the north side of Pueblo. So I've been, I, I've been there dozens of times. Somebody uh, threatened a bomb threat yesterday. Um, there was heavy police presence surrounding the Pueblo Mall yesterday. And then a man in a gray SUV was being chased by the police. I guess the caller that called the police, and they plowed right into the Pueblo front mall, front doors of the Pueblo Mall, drove, crashed in, glass doors broken, shattered, SUV crashed right in where the food court is, you know, where you get different fast food like Subway and, you know, where, you know, like a food court where you can eat at inside the Pueblo Mall. SUV plowed in, crashed in there. People were eating. Nobody was hurt. They did arrest. The suspect was arrested. And I, I believe it was a terrorist threat. I mean, I believe it was a, a terrorist attack. Maybe... So... Maybe just to, you know, I, I believe we're going to be seeing this in a lot of cities, but on more on a global scale, I believe cities are going to be burning with the invasion of the borders happening. And all right, so I see, I, I see what, your what, video. Your, I see your, your I see take? your video, Thomas. I see your oh, video. Okay. Attack Pueblo, Colorado, Pueblo Mall attack. Read yeah. my comment below. And in your video, you include a link to. It says source K- KRDO News Channel 13, right? Yeah, that's where I that's where I downloaded and then I re-uploaded the video. So I, so I see I see their video from yesterday. Suspect in custody after driving vehicle into Pueblo Mall. Scene cleared. And um, obviously, there's you know some interesting footage, including you know footage of the of the incident. And, you know, I mentioned strategy of tension. We talked a little bit about Gladio earlier, just a sort of momentary sort of passing note as an archetype. Are you familiar with the strategy of tension and how that works? No, sir. Well, um, the strategy of tension is an archetype um, that is sort of – it's part and parcel to – the gladio archetype basically in you know after world war ii as the story goes um to prevent you know or to uh in in anticipation this is the official story there's the as you know speaking of alan watt there's the good reason and the real reason so to content to uh counteract and potentially uh, combat the potential threat of communism, Operation Gladio was a NATO-backed paramilitary network that was, um, they were called the leave-behinds or the stay-behinds of uh, World War II. These are, you know, secret forces with secret weapons caches stashed around Europe and other places we come to find out. Just in case communism rears its ugly head, we're going to have these guys that can pop out of the weeds and fight communism. That was the good reason. The real reason turns out to be something entirely different, and it incorporates a thing called the strategy of tension, 
which um, is basically this idea that um, you attack your own people and you attack the innocent folks, the most innocent, um, to instill a climate of fear so that people will essentially hug their kidnapper. And uh, so the idea is basically you attack innocent people far removed from politics, as it was put, and then um, the response to that attack is people say, you know, help us kidnapper, but it's the state behind – it's a state-sponsored uh, synthetic terror attack or a, what you might call a false flag in a sense, because people think it's, you know, in this case, some random guy when in fact um, it's not. And so some clues on that usually are like when there's like what we've seen with Hamas, you know, speaking of Jimmy Dor- or, uh yeah, Jimmy Dore's video. I mean, he mentions that it has come to light now that there were mainstream journalists embedded w- in the Hamas, the alleged Hamas attack. Uh the October 7, whatever you want to call it. I call it a strategy of tension episode, but there were mainstream journalists embedded. How is that possible? That's strange. So, you know, whenever you have all of these harbingers, like with the, um, I don't know, some lone wolf type of a thing, you know, when we hear that there's no motive, when we hear that FBI was in contact with the subject beforehand, and uh, that he had, you know, mental illness issues. Maybe was on psychotropics. Probably on psychotropics. Complained of hearing voices, and those kinds of things after the fact. Those are usually clues that something doesn't add up, and there's more to this story than meets the eye. It's probably a strategy of tension deal. And then usually right after these things happen. There's some kind of legislative effort, you know, usually in the, in the examples that I'm talking about, you know, there's gun control legislation that's always on the periphery. And this is the thing to sort of nudge it over the edge. Um, and so most of the time, it's not real what you would call terrorism. It's, you know, and we played, I think, yesterday, just yesterday, Trevor Aronson's TED Talk titled how this FBI strategy is actually creating US based terrorists and that's not that sounds hyperbolic but that's it's a fact because he did the research for years and uh, dug into the terrorism prosecutions and discovered that the FBI is involved in pretty much all of them and so you know from James Cromedy in the Newburgh Four to um, Muhammad Muhammad in the Pioneer Square thing to, you know, 60 Minutes doing the deal on the Draw Muhammad contest down in uh, Garland, Texas. And, you know, 60 Minutes did the piece where they said, why was there an FBI uh, agent trailing the two suspects? And uh, then he, you know, sped off after they started shooting, and he was actually stopped later by a sheriff's deputy. And so, sixty minutes was asking, "What did the FBI know?" 
and how did you know how did this happen if the FBI was in contact with these guys, which we found out later, and the guy that provided them with guns? There was a Fox News story about that that I've talked about several times. It's always this kind of stuff every time you dig down into the weeds on it. You know, um, the Florida nightclub thing, Pulse nightclub thing, his, that guy's dad was an FBI informant for at least a decade. That was mainstream news. Um, I mean, I could go on and on. It's always that. Pretty much every time. And so that's why, you know, with that kind of a background, most of the time it's that kind of stuff. I wonder what makes this unique. I'm I'm not saying it's not. I'm just saying typically it's the stuff that I'm talking about. So be curious to see what makes this different. Thank you for taking my call. You bet. We're headed into the break, folks. Stick around. We'll be right back. like fine wine is in the vines. Syrah grape seeds and skins contain high levels of flavonoids and resveratrol. Fermentation breaks these organic compounds down into smaller molecules, penetrating these therapeutic ingredients deeper into the skin, delivering faster and more effective results. Our handmade fermented skincare products are formulated with all natural ingredients and do not contain any phthalates or parabens. Similar products can cost as much as $180. At Natural Earth Medicine, we source our ingredients from local Arizona vineyards and cold process our oils to ensure that our customers receive the highest quality product in its purest form. Learn more at our website and try our fermented skincare products today. Visit naturalearthmedicine.com. That's naturalearthmedicine.com. Are you sick of censorship? TLB Talk is the cure. TLB stands for truth, liberty, and balance. We are the newest and most unique social media platform to hit the internet. We were built out of necessity because Big Tech, Big Pharma, and Big Brother are out of control. The only thing bigger than them is when we the people are united. With that vision, TLB Talk was born. Our battlefield is in cyberspace. The battle we're in can be won by clicks of buttons and voting with your wallet. TLB Talk has no hidden agendas, no corporate funding, and we do not sell, trade, or give away any of your information. Our platform runs off of generous donations of members and merchandise profits. So please, check out our site. It's the best around. And be sure to stop by our store. It's loaded with items that'll have you feeling a sense of member pride and victory. Come unite with us today at TLBTalk.com and join the social media revolution. My name is John. I'm the founder of Blackout Coffee, and I started uh, Blackout because I really love coffee. I've always loved coffee, and after traveling so much to Europe, South America, and trying so many different coffees that were so good, and uh, every time I came back uh, to the U.S., I was so disappointed with the coffee, so I figured that I had to do something about it. The biggest difference is really is on the beans and the roasting process, how we roast it and how fresh it is. The fresher the roast, the better the quality. Here I have like all, all of the coffee that's roasted within one to two days prior to being shipped. So it literally gets to consumer's house within three to five days after being roasted. If you like coffee, you have to try ours. It's fresh roasted. It's one of the best beans that we can get, and you will definitely see the difference. Visit blackoutcoffee.com and use the coupon code REPUB10. That's REPUB10.
real quick but just to sort of wrap up this thought i mean every every single time let's see there was the malheur the misfortune wildlife refuge incident more feds than not we found out after the fact january 6 more feds than not whitmer kidnapping plot all feds um it's always that and another essential piece that cannot be ignored in the strategy of tension, people need to understand how this stuff works. Um, there was, um, you know, the Boston Marathon deal. When when Trevor Aronson did his TED Talk, he said, you know, the Boston Marathon was probably the only legit. Nope, turns out not who was Uncle Rustlin and who's Graham Fuller, as people have asked over the years. And that keeps disappearing. Who's Graham Fuller? And who's Uncle Russell and Sarney? So, speaking of this incident that you're talking about, Thomas, um, Brian Michael Jenkins said it best. I've said it many times lately. Terrorism is theater. He said back in 74 and 75, terrorism is aimed at the people watching, not the actual victims. Terrorism is theater. And he, he elaborated in uh, Will Terrorists Go Nuclear and for Rand in 1975, terrorism is a campaign of violence designed to inspire fear. And this is what the Hamas deal did, too. We're, we're, we're menaced by this thing. Terrorism is a campaign of violence designed to inspire fear, to create an atmosphere of alarm, which causes people to exaggerate the strength of, and importance of the terrorist movement. Terrorism is violence for effect. Terrorism, terrorists choreograph violence or maybe intelligence agencies choreograph violence to achieve maximum publicity. Terrorism is theater. Terrorists want a lot of people watching, not a lot of people dead. Important to sort of pay attention to. All right, to the phones quickly, James in Vancouver. Thanks for calling. Welcome. Uh, yeah, I got into a cat fight with a producer at one talk show. Um rather famous guy used to be secret service i want to ask the question if uh, your buddy is so worried about uh, terrorism uh, acts happening because the fed said so why are you letting him in the uh, in the border why is the government letting him through well of course the guy started asking screaming at me what's your what's your what's your comment what's your comment i said that's my question what are you letting yeah. him in here for so and, uh, the what, are the, what are the initials of Secret Service? Yes, yes. Uh, it's just a coincidence. Oh. Anyway. Yeah. Well, the herd mentality. It's a herd, the herd instinct. And the idea is to stampede the herd. What do you think? Yeah. Buffalo jumped, as, as Larkin, Texas, keep reminding us. Well, um, there's the communitarian aspect uh but um, <clears throat> my definition of communitarianism involves people that are just uh, sleep, sleeping. But, uh, okay, I, I got in late today. I'll try to get to you tomorrow. Thanks. All right. Sorry about that. Thanks, Thanks James. Right. Uh, my apologies to Mike. It's 
was late guys sorry uh that'll do it for today's broadcast i hope it was informative perhaps even edifying especially at the beginning of the first hour and uh do your homework get knowledge up don't be taken for a ride pray for one another support the network as always it truly is an honor and a pleasure take care god bless we'll catch you on the other side Find your inner rebel at Dixie Republic, the world's largest Confederate store, located in Traveler's Rest, South Carolina. The anti-white, anti-Christ, anti-Southern world ends at the asphalt. Welcome to God's country. Log on to DixieRepublic.com to view our Southern merchandise, from flags to t-shirts to artwork. At the store, browse through our extensive collection of belt buckles and have a custom-made leather belt handcrafted in our Johnny Rebs gun and leather shop. That's DixieRepublic.com, where you can meet all of your Southern needs. Support those that support the network. Support Dixie Republic at DixieRepublic.com. Email ProudSouthern123 at gmail.com and let them know that RBN sent you. To Republic Broadcasting Network because you can handle the truth. truth, truth.